Namaste. So, uh, continuing in this series of uh, aphorisms on jnana. So, now we see that second part is starting and uh, there, there are three aphorisms, 13, 14, 15, which are on a very interesting subject on hallucinations. Now, uh, why they come as part of the knowledge is because what we call as knowledge is not knowledge but knowledge systems. So, knowledge systems are a very limited knowledge which is what is called as ignorance in Indian thought, built on a limited and partial view of things. So based on that, each individual builds his own system. So like, for example, we see that in India, if you ask somebody, uh, you know, how to deal with a child. So there is a grandmother's way. She will say, according to my time, and she will say. <laughs> there is another person who will give a psychologist way, according to modern psychology. Third person will give according to the spiritual yogic understanding of things. So, these are knowledge systems and one such system is science. Science is not knowledge, but science is a knowledge system. Meaning thereby, it starts on certain fixed premises. One premise is, the data must come from the senses. It calls it evidence. So, it bases itself on sense data. Second is the instrument through which we have to analyze the data is the human mind. And third is based on that you should, you can build a theory which should be replicable and in that theory the third premise is material reality is the only reality. So these are the three assumptions of science. They are not said because they are taken for granted. If you ask a scientist that why are you assuming matter is the sole reality, he says because I have no evidence to the contrary. So, if there is some other reality, it has to be seen, experienced, somebody has to. But what he misses is that there is evidence of these other orders of reality, which it completely ignores, misses or simply brushes away by a word which is called as hallucinations. For example, mystic experience. Mystics enter into other orders of reality. And they bring that whatever they see, experience... And there is a whole science based on that. And they say that, for instance, a mystic says, I saw God. Or I had a vision of some God or Goddess. Or I heard their voice. Or I even felt their touch. Now, scientists, a material scientist will say, oh, this is all hallucination. In Being a psychiatrist, I know this used to be, this is the fallacy. Because whatever you don't understand, you have labeled it as a term, declared that it cannot be, why it cannot be, we don't know, simply because many people don't experience it. But it is not true. The fact is that throughout the ages of mankind, right from Stone Age, right up till now, from the primitive caveman, we call as primitive, till today, there is evidence of mystics and those who have experienced these other orders of realities, their beings, their forces, their energies, their impacts, all these things. And they have been, however sketchily, documented. Now, material science completely rubbishes this entire data. It doesn't even consider that. It just says it is anomalous, it is not common, therefore it is not true. So the aphorism is about these because it has a bearing on how we perceive the spiritual reality. Spiritual reality is a non-material reality. Even in matter we can experience it, but not in matter through these senses, but through a 
as Shurabindo has said, fourth dimension of aesthetic sense, which we don't experience ordinarily. So the aphorism is, these are three aphorisms, we'll read them one by one. They told me, who are they? The material scientists. They told me these things are hallucinations. Oh, you are seeing God, it is a hallucination. What does hallucination means? It means perceiving something which is not there. Seeing an object without an object. So this is hallucination. Illusion is there is an object, but you see it in a distorted way. That is called illusion. So there is a difference between the two. So illusion is if you see a rope and you think it is a snake. But hallucination is when you see either a rope or a snake when there is nothing. And you are seeing it and nobody else is experiencing it. So they told me these things are hallucinations. I inquired what was a hallucination and found that I it meant a subjective or psychical experience which corresponds to no objective or no physical reality. Subjective experience. Subjective means in our own inner spaces, sensed by inner senses. In a, in a mystic language, that's what it means, psychical experiences. So there, there are senses which correspond to each domain of reality. So we perceive physical matter with physical senses. There are vital senses. There are mental senses. Mind, in fact, is the sixth sense. The sixth sense. There is the over-mental sense. There is the over-mental thought and there is the supramental sense. Shurabindu the describes it in detail. In fact, if we look at from the top-down view, original senses are right from the divine himself. But as they come down and down, at each layer a bandage is put. That is how ignorance is generated. And ultimately, we have very limited range of senses. It's something has restricted it. Though originally, it's like somebody who can see long distances, but you put a wall, you put a curtain, you put another glass. So finally, you are seeing very little. So this is how ignorance creates a shade around the light. That's how it is described. So Shirobindo says that, I asked them, what is hallucination? So they said, it is a subjective or psychical experience which corresponds to no objective or no physical reality. Meaning thereby, if you say, I had a vision, here he is referring to hallucination. There is a difference between the two. Or, I, have, I saw God. So it will be, oh, oh, these are all subjective things. These are your personal things. Maybe you are crazy. Maybe there is something else. But it has no reality. Then I sat and wondered at the miracles of the human reason. So there even other these questions are asked. For instance, if you have seen it, I have not seen it. Others have not seen it. Therefore, it is not real. That's why the word used is subjective. Subjective means unique to the subject. Objective means which others can also experience. So if you go to the samadhi and feel, oh, I felt that mother touched me on the hair. It's a very common experience people have. But others have not experienced it. So it will be called as a subjective experience. It is subject dependent. Objective experience is that which is not subject dependent. Everybody can experience it. So the question asked is, what does Shirvindo mean by the miracles of the human reason? Why is he saying it a miracle? First of all, it's uh, obviously uh, he is pointing out with his wonderful sense of humor. It's a miracle because... Human reason which is supposed to take us step by step towards the truth is becoming a shield to prevent us from seeing something, 
simply by declaring if this person has experienced others have not experienced therefore it is unreal it is actually illogical what we can say this is a reality his reality let us explore can others experience so mystic will say yes so that is how we see that why i keep saying that you know yoga is a science everybody says so and when vivekananda went to sri ramakrishna he asked him the same question he said you have seen god everybody says seen god but can you show me god and he said yes and of course uh, he was not ready and he went into a total all the senses and the sensory constructions suddenly collapsed with mother and shirobindo number of people had this experience one experience which i remember is dara dara was a muslim sheikh um, sayyid ibrahim so when he came he heard about people having this experience that experience and he when he met shirobindo he said Uh, sir because in islam uh, god is not in this creation immanent in creation he is above beyond beyond the earth beyond the skies there are several layers of skies and he is beyond so he asked that sir is there uh, in fact shirobindo started the conversation did you see the sea and he said yes and uh, then he asked how did you find it he said very beautiful then dara asked him sir is there god even in the sea and shobindo said yes he is everywhere and as the story goes shobindo just lifted his foot a little few in couple of inches above the stool on which his feet was placed and as he pressed his foot back on the stool yes he is everywhere the power of that word released the reality see this is what we hear rishi agas power of the word which releases reality suddenly the senses by that power are they for a moment the cage is open they cannot resist the power and he saw the whole room filled with the light and he saw krishna and he was uh, so happy glad then all the rest followed though he kept coming back to his old strain wanted to do five times namaz <laughs> shobindo had to tell him if you want to do these things you can go elsewhere so that is a different part because we get back into the prison we start uh, wondering what i experienced is that true why because others don't experience i can't always have it at my uh, will so the yogic explanation for this is why everybody cannot experience it now is because nature is actually preparing all the senses are evolving from that little worm to man's there is something called as senses these are instrument they are not senses this is where we make the mistake they are instrument like when you use a microscope you see realities which our eyes cannot show eyes themselves are instrument and what these instruments are doing some photons are coming entering the eye traveling through a nerve optic nerve pressing upon the brain and the brain is suddenly throwing up an image called tree now it is a really it no one knows how exactly this happens because we are not getting the image as an image but as a play of photons and they come in katak and not only that all the other senses are simultaneously giving their input and the mind integrates it's a marvel brain integrates and then it present that data to the mind now material scientists don't uh, understand the mind 
they say mind and brain are same but brain is like the manager who has taken the input from all the workers senses are workers conduits and then he presents to the mind mind then builds the form mind is the form maker and says this is the tree this is the this this is that but an upgraded mind will see something else an upgraded mind can actually see the divine or gods or other orders of realities upgraded mind so the rishis had up were upgrading their minds yogis mystics do it so what is this phenomena this is nature is trying to build a new mind and even new senses so all yoga is an effort of nature uh, or rather uh, all yoga is intensifying and concentrating an effort of nature to evolve beyond human possibilities but scientists still don't see it this way that's why they cannot speak about the future of man they limit himself to human beings so this is the fallacy and therefore it is a miracle that reason cannot see something as simple as that that the limits of my sight are not the limits of light earlier people used to say that where is god's we don't see in the skies they never understood that sky is a generic word sky space even poets use it skies of mind space space applies even to inner nowadays children say i want my space what does it mean does it mean that i want to go there and i mean if somebody say oh you want space how will you go to space on a spaceship they will laugh at you they'll say you are a fool you don't understand this when i say i want my space so space is again a generic word it is not only referring to that it's a, that i want some distance something you know i want to isolate myself whatever it is so this is the way there are they use the word skies where are the gods located in skies in a different dimension of space even there are different earths bhu bhuma so on which they are operating that's how the heaven hell all this came so the mother explains in this aphorism by they sri rabindo means the materialists the scientists and in a general way all those who only believe in reality all those who only believe in physical reality and consider human reason to be the one infallible judge three fallacies first they assume matter is the only reality as i said based on uh, the majority experiences not not everybody but there are mystics who have had other experience even in dreams sometimes we see other things so based on that second they believe whatever the senses are showing us is evidence which nowadays we know is no evidence and third is mind and its reason is capable of analyzing this data and telling us what it is so he says he is referring to them furthermore the things he speaks of here are all the perceptions that belong to worlds other than the material whereas what is hallucination perception of things that do not belong to the material realm and i have seen this so often uh, as a psychiatrist i can say i have seen people who uh, have a kind of psychotic breakdown what we call a psychotic breakdown so they start seeing very very uh, horrible dangerous uh, things which today they actually see rakshasas and today we call them as hostile forces now i remember as a child one very distinct Uh, maybe i was 7 or 8 and i had this uh, pox and this pox i got delirious there is a tendency you know um, uh, 
children get delirious i still get delirious but now i see beautiful things but that time i got delirious as a child and i saw i st- that image is very vivid there was a wall and i was sleeping by the side of the wall on a cot and as i would turn my eyes to the wall i'll see plenty of covered with cobras and they were just as if coming towards me and i would keep shouting i even remember that i used to shout though i am not supposed to remember in delirium but i remember i used to shout saap hai saap hai saap hai and my parents would come and say kahi nahi hai kaha hai because they were not experiencing it kahi nahi hai kaha hai i would say here yeah, hai so it is there here and they would uh, i still remember rub my hand rub my feet and they were quite nervous and they believed in uh, god and uh, rama and ram ji take care anyways thankfully doctors were not there so you have to rely on rama so which is a very beautiful i am happy so then after two three days this continued or maybe one day with definitely with intensity then it vanished now i know these are hostile forces that's how they present themselves but that time i didn't know now they have changed when whenever fever rises so i get delirious but in a very nice way i start giving abstract truth talks or you know uh, some songs once a song came with 16 stanzas so i'm saying with direct personal experience i had high fever and i was had to appear for an exam and i was reading essays on the gita and then went off to sleep so a poem descended literally and in that poem the bhav was that i am a gopika no a woman and krishna so i am actually it was so beautiful madhur bhav but i wanted to write but you know i thought i'll write later because i was having high fever and i forgot the whole thing but next day my exam went amazingly well i mean beyond my comprehension because i was still having fever so these are orders of reality and plenty of things once your gate opens <laughs> then you start having all kinds of uh, things which you know for sure because you see the correspondence okay i saw a snake now there there is some kind of attack and now i know it through various various experiences that well what does snake mean what do skies mean what does train um, aircraft you know somebody dying and how how can krishna manifest in various ways so but ordinarily and i think i am saying other <laughs> otherwise they'll be labeled that you are a mad person now the difference is yes people can go mad madness is when you are unable to this data can be so overwhelming especially when there is the dark data dark worlds you open and you start seeing dark realities and it can completely create a disorder because these dark beings create disorder but when you see luminous beings luminous order of reality they doesn't create disorder it creates harmony it in fact helps you not that one has to see these thing but there is there are other like people hearing flute mira speaks about that mira bai that you know um, flute at the other hand she says badal dekh dari so there are different uh, orders of reality so she says that furthermore the thing he speaks of here are all belong to worlds other than the material all that one can see with eyes other than the physical all the experiences that one can have in subtle domains from the sense perceptions of the vital world to the bliss of the divine presence so she is introducing something very beautiful and new eyes other than the physical indian yoga it is well known that's why we never question oh god so are they true but you will hear all these things from a typical uh, you know western education which teaches us that there is nothing else but material we don't question so there are eyes because we read 
that uh, there is sukshma drishti and rishi saw with his sukshma drishti not only sukshma there is also divya drishti there are three different kinds of drishti sthula drishti sukshma drishti which is vital mental vision divya drishti which is only gifted by divine so um, uh, krishna tells arjuna that uh, arjuna says who are you he says you can't see with these eyes but i want to know i am very amazed now this divya drishti was needed so that Arjun can actually fight the war. He is the hero, so he is given a divya drishti. Not everybody can be given it because it can shatter us. Arjuna saw and he he says, "Now my moha is gone. I am ready to fight." Sanjay is also given this drishti as a gift. Divya drishti is always a gift. It's transferred. Divya drishti means simply that the curtain of physical consciousness is removed. and the vital mental distorting elements are removed so we see the reality as it is and the reality as it is is nothing else but god so this is how the whole thing operates it was while discussing these and other similar things that shurbindo was told that they were hallucinations when you look up the word hallucination in the dictionary you find this definition and not only this mother says so correctly morbid sensation not produced by any real object objectless perception so they added the term morbid morbid is something sign of sickness not something healthy so that is why we see that books have been written there are people who have said that shri ramakrishna used to experience all this it's a psychotic breakdown even there are people who had the temerity to uh, question shurbindo's experience in the alipur jail Sri Aurobindo interprets this or puts it more precisely a subjective or psychical experience which corresponds to no objective or no physical reality there there could be no better definition of these phenomena of the inner consciousness which are most precious to man and make him something more than a mere thinking animal it is these which have opened the door try as we may man continues to believe that there is a divine because there are some at least who have experienced him they either seen or experienced in some way and we trust we don't say that the divine is just formless he can assume a form and in india those who have grown up have countless stories and we take these stories as real because we believe yes i may not experience but the mystic can experience so there was never any question now we understand this is scientific logic behind it but the logic of a higher science we can say that see animals don't experience many things the way we human beings experience they cannot experience for instance the softer emotions of love even somebody said compassion not all animals you have to be really developed to understand compassion animals cannot because there is nothing that corresponds to that emotion in them so they understand fear so if you are afraid animals understand that fear this fellow is releasing fear either he should be a prey or i should run away they understand that they understand rage they understand that but they don't understand love if they get love it takes time for they for them to really respond because they are not sure what they are experiencing they understand calm because in nature they have experience so that's why the dictum is whenever you are faced with an animal first be calm if you are afraid they will get those vibrations calm they don't perceive they almost perceive that there is nothing here even in a snake pit it is known that if you nobody should drop but if somebody dropped there 
and didn't land on a snake. The advice is stay calm. If you stay calm, in all likelihood they will not touch you. But if you are afraid, they feel threatened. If you try to run, they feel threatened. And that's when somebody will attack you. Because they don't understand what is calm. According to them, like this, something is there which, which doesn't correspond to anything they understand or experience. So they just are like moving over and passing by. So this is where even some higher animals, if you are calm, they say act dead. No, it's not about acting dead. If you are calm, immobile. And mother gives the story of this uh, Madam Alexandra David Neal. The tiger, which was a man-eating tiger, comes and she is in deep meditation in a state of compassion and peace. And the tiger goes away. She has seen the tiger. And then she thinks, if this is the will of Buddha, so be it. And goes into a state of deep peace and compassion. Tiger goes away. Because that totally confuses. The tiger doesn't know what is this I am dealing with. He understands fear. He understands attack. He understands rage. So we also do not understand the divine presence because there is nothing in us which corresponds. But as we grow in consciousness, we may be able to relate with that. So these are subjective and psychical experiences. So she says, human reason is so limited, so down to earth, it cannot experience things beyond the earth. So arrogantly ignorant that it wants to Discredit by a pejorative word the very faculties which open the gates of a higher and more marvelous life to man. So next time when somebody asks, I am just saying what I have asked sometime that people ask, have you seen God? So I say, see. Are you really ready to see God? Question is not that have you seen God. It doesn't help. If I have seen God or not seen God, it's, it doesn't help you. But are you ready to see God? That's the question. Do you have the faculties, the senses to experience? Because to, to have that, it has to be either a special grace or a yoga. In the face of this obstinate incomprehension, Sri Aurobindo wonders, ironically, there is an irony, marvels of reason, at the miracles of the human reason. For the power to change truth into falsehood to such a degree is certainly a miracle. So that is how the rational mind, analytical mind, says there is no God. Why? Because I have not experienced, the majority of human beings don't experience it. Not realizing that we as human beings are limited. The question should be, can we enhance ourselves to know reality? The fact is, logic tells us we experience reality in a very limited way, even our senses. This is pure logic. Because we are experiencing a small range of spectrum of colors, vast, ultraviolet, infrared, we don't see. And so much more. Hearing 20 to 20,000, the dog hears better. Now, taste, smell, touch even more. So, even if God comes, touches us, in all likelihood, we will just be sitting dumb like this and get up and then go away. <laughs> like people in the playground meditation, when uh, Supramental manifested 29th February 1956, Mother had the experience of breaking open the door and she heard the voice of Shurbindo, the hour has come and she saw the supramental golden light rushing down on earth being swallowed up by the inconscience. She, she felt all of them must be flat with the experience. But she saw, when she opened the eyes, she saw all of them were sitting tight like this. 
And then she understood. Only five people world over, which had nothing to do with the playground. I think two were in the playground, I am not sure. But five, three were outside. Who experienced something corresponding because it was a cosmic manifestation. So we don't have that correspondence. But we can develop. We don't have to turn it into a belief. But yes, it starts with a belief and faith. But as we walk the path, we can develop it. That's what yoga is about. So this is the first in hallucination. The second is, hallucination is the term of science for those irregular glimpses we still have of truths shut out from us by our preoccupation with matter. Coincidence for the curious touches of artist in the work of that supreme and universal intelligence which in its conscious being as on a canvas has planned and executed the world. Such a beautiful aphorism. This 14. All of them are very beautiful. But look at it. Irregular glimpses of truth shut out by our preoccupation. It's like for instance we are preoccupied doing some work and someone comes and calls us. We have experienced sometimes, oh, is somebody calling? <laughs> Not that someone is calling. Imagine if God comes and says, come. We are preoccupied. Come. We are preoccupied. After some time, somebody called me. Was it Krishna? <laughs> no, no, I don't see Krishna. So I am back into... Because I am preoccupied. The mind is all the time. That's why one of the first practices of spiritual life is concentrate on the divine. Then you can perceive the divine reality. If you are not concentrating, even it may come and pass by. But I will be so busy, preoccupied with material reality. We have the story of this person who had come for darshan. And he had kept his servant there. He would look after the house. After five days, they went back or five days or whatever days. So they asked, how is everything? They said, very nice. So they said, he said in Hindi, anyways, I'll say in English. The servant said, sir, you sent that Babuji. He said, which Babuji? I said, no. He used to come every day. Whose picture you are having in your house? You didn't send him. <laughs> he has experience. And I'm telling you, they experience much more easily. My own servant, when he was, you know, sick, he experienced and he tells, tells me, <laughs> Shurabindra and the mother came. Now he is not a devotee, nothing. I mean, devotee in the sense he has grown up in the house and now he knows that uh, being a devotee, he has developed. Huh? So he had seen actually mother and Shurabindu and they have this because they don't have these preconceived ideas. They are not scientific temperament. <laughs> Same with my father when he went to Matri Mandir. So I said, see, daddy, it's not easy, you know, climbing. He was 84, 82, around that. So I said, it's not easy, you know. So you want to go? He said, yes, yes, once I want to go. And then he went there. I took him. And then he came back. Now I am satisfied. Why I had darshan of mother. I said, this is very interesting. <laughs> We will go hundred times. We will feel very nice. But darshan will be not so easy. Why? Because we have all these preoccupations. Fed up, fed in the mind. And he didn't have any preconceived notion. He was a Ram Bhakt. He saw the mother in, came back. Yes, my life is fulfilled. It doesn't matter whether I go inside or I don't go. <laughs> so this is how it operates. Now people will say believe. But there is no belief in either of them. They were not devotees of the mother. 
My father was not a devotee of the mother. He was a Ram Bhakt. And he came because of his son. And yet these realities can many. These are glimpses. So another is artist in the work. This is so beautiful on the camp canvas. So we, we see, sometimes we must have seen, of course this used to be like a game that you discover how many images or squares are there in a uh, in a image. No, we used to discover it was a fun game. But then imagine it like a painting. I have seen this. So if you see the painting and then you said you appreciate it very nicely. This is a real painting which I have seen. So somebody says, okay, uh, how many birds are there? Now you are, you know, ki where is the bird? And then you discover how beautifully the artist has painted there this little bird sitting here and there, hidden so beautifully behind the bushes, just like Shobindo's poem, A Thing Seen, where he describes that bird. So now, similarly, this divine artist, uh, suddenly we see something or perceive something which was there, always there, but we didn't know. So when that happens, we call it coincidence. I went to the ashram. Suddenly I felt as if mother is there. Oh, she is always there. <laughs> but artist, look at the way he is expressing. So his uh, mother is asked, what does the artist represent here? The mother says, here Sri compares the work of the Supreme Lord, creator of the universe, to the work of an artist painting in his conscious being with sweeping brush strokes as on a canvas the picture of the world and when by curious touches he paints one stroke over another we have a coincidence usually the word coincidence suggests unconscious it's because we were not conscious that's all suddenly we become conscious he has actually put it there he is there but we are not conscious. Suddenly, momentarily, that beautiful thing and we say, Oh, must be a coincidence, no? I went because otherwise it's a slab of stone. <laughs> People like that who think that what is there in Samadhi? God is inside. But we don't know what is there. <laughs> it is that curious touch of the artist that he has concealed it, placed one reality over another and one day suddenly we feel that touch. So, the mother says further, unconscious, suggest unconscious, meaningless chance. That's how it appears to us, that it happened by chance. Shurabindu wants to make us understand that chance and unconsciousness have nothing to do with this phenomenon. It is not that by chance I had such a nice, peaceful feeling, you know. Oh, it was such a coincidence. That day I was sitting before the sea and I was overwhelmed with a deep love for God. What a coincidence. What a chance. <laughs> On the contrary, it is the result of a refinement of taste and consciousness of the kind that artists possess and it can reveal a deep intention. Now, so next time when somebody says, I cannot experience God, it means I am not refined enough to experience God. And it is so true. When the senses are crude, then it is called a dehatbo. They are caught and trapped in matter. That's why those who indulge in an extremely external, people often say, all life is yoga, how does it matter? Uh, let me do all uh, shopping that I want to do. Sure, nay, nothing wrong. It's not about moral wrong or right. 
But when we indulge crudely with the senses, then our consciousness becomes dhasod. What is should be the English word? <laughs> it entrenched in material pleasure, material reality. Whereas to experience the divine reality, we have to develop this subtlety and refinement. That's why we can experience those crude music, those big bang, jing bang music. But wherever it is subtle, wherever this is. Uh, beautiful like classical music many people cannot even appreciate it probably they will not even catch that note if they are passing by because they are not tuned to it so this is the second part that the more refined we become the more subtle we become that's why there is a so much stress on refinement of the senses of thought of feelings then we can experience that divine reality not with the crude and gross mind so this is the take away take home point for all of us and the third which is the last in this series on hallucination aphorism number 15 that which men term a hallucination is the reflection in the mind and senses of that which is beyond our ordinary mental and sensory perceptions superstition arises from the mind's wrong understanding of these reflections there is no other hallucination so here it is using the word reflection in the senses now it's something like when the divine reality comes it is the same but if i am a devotee of let us say durga so the same feminine goddess when i see her i will see her as durga because my mind cannot reflect any other way but somebody else whose mind has become plastic may see her as riding on a horse not necessary on a lion during the second world war one of the sadhak saw the mother riding on a horse like kalki avatar and she killed hitler so he asked what did i see now this is a vision because he actually saw a reality this is different from hallucination so he actually saw and he asked the mother mother what did i see she smiled and said wait <laughs> you have seen something true after two days the news of hitler dying came because he, they didn't want this to be uh, you know publicized till they finally go and it was a very mysterious death no it's we all know how he mistakenly attacked and when stalin he heard about he didn't want that you know he has died it should be known but he knew that now he is going to lose and stalin was very keen that i want the body of that fellow <laughs> they had two asuras fighting with each other and finally it is said that he committed suicide but basically it was an occult death like many deaths are occult deaths like mother spoke about kennedy it was an occult death assassinations so here some can see phenomena but it is reflected in the mind or through the senses and we don't understand like for example one of the events i know which was uh, very a sad event somebody actually foresaw the death of one's child how did the person foresee simply saw a body floating on water and thought i mean what do you understand body floating on water it was the own son who by freak chance or chance not destiny had pulled to a water body where in a most strangest of circumstances died so it is seeing something which is going to happen 
Of course, these are different phenomena, foresight. But here she is saying, something is there as a reality which impinges. Whereas in the Western context, when somebody sees the same feminine deity, one will say, Palace Athene or Mother Mary. Because the mind is formulated towards that. So, the question is, can hallucinations be compared to visions? So the mother says a vision is a perception by the visual organs of phenomenon that really exist in a world corresponding to the organ which sees. So there will be vital vision, mental visions, all visions are not spiritual visions by the way. For example, to the individual vital plane there corresponds a cosmic vital world. When a human being is sufficiently developed, he possesses an individualized vital being with organs of sight, hearing, smell etc. So a person who has a well-developed vital being can see in the vital world with his vital sight consciously and with the memory of what he has seen. This is what makes a vision. For example, that somebody, and it is known again in uh, when people fast for prolonged fasting as a way of spiritual discipline. It's not a yogic discipline, but they do. So they, they become very active in the vital world because the physical body and sometimes the body feeds on these vital energies. They may develop these capacities in the vital world. And they even see visions, for instance, of a goddess. If they see Kali in the vital world, they will see her the way it is classically described. Dark, you know, terrible, Kali Karali. But if they see the Kali in the higher world, they will see her as a radiant, bluish goddess, intense divine love. That's how Sri Ramakrishna, Sri Aurobindo and the mother described Kali. Mahakali, that's why they use the word. So this is how, depending on where we see, and this conditioning can be so much. It is the same for all the subtle worlds, vital, mental, over-mental. Supramental. And for all the intermediate worlds and planes of the being, in this way one can have visions that are vital, mental, over-mental, supramental, etc. On the other hand, Shurabindo tells us that what is termed a hallucination is the reflection in the mind or the physical senses of that which is beyond our mind and our ordinary senses. It is therefore not a direct vision, but a reflected image which is usually not understood or explained. Now here it is that hostile forces seen a snake. Now this is where it is a hallucination. But in a vision you will actually see the hostile force. To give an example again, like uh, this hallucination thing, that time I didn't know what is a vision. And for 15 days every day, medical college, MBBS, final year, I would experience rushing out of the body and that's a long thing but I used to see the divine mothers sitting in white attire on a white lotus there were many other things surrounded by that but I thought I am having um, darshan of Ma Saraswati and when I would come back that whole thing was very interesting I would be very confused because I didn't understand I didn't know that you can actually have darshan but that faith was there Mother Saraswati every day I'm having puja so that is the way I would see in 15 days. Much later I realized, I didn't even know that there is someone known as Divine Mother, whom today we know as the Mother. Much later I saw the Divine Mother's picture and I knew, oh, this is Divine Mother. And then the whole meaning of all that came clear. Otherwise it was never clear to me. And one could build a whole superstition 
superstition and system on that. Superstition is supposing I particular on a particular bed in my hostel, I used to sleep and uh, have this. Exp- I mean, I I never tried anything. I don't know why I had it. I, frankly, I didn't even uh, believe uh, uh, too much into all this. Though I was, I had read a lot, but by then it was all medical college textbooks. So. <laughs> And why I was having so my mind said it is epilepsy, and fortunately, because that's the only thing I knew. And I was going to consult, and my friends told me that don't go because uh, you will be labelled, then you won't get selected into armed forces. So I needed that, you know, it's a middle order family, so uh, I need a job. It's a good job, <laughs> so I didn't go, and everything ceased. But it's possible now one can build a superstition that in this particular room you uh, can have this experience on this cot. It doesn't work that that way. So we have built many such uh, by superstition. For instance, to a yogi, the divine manifested, let's say, on a particular mountain or in a temple. Now, as long as the yogi is there, some presence is there because that yogi is awakened. But it doesn't mean that thousands of people who subsequently will go there necessarily will have the same experience. It may or may not. So this is how the mother says that this is a vision and there is the hallucination on the other hand. So she says, um, this is also why serious people or people who think themselves serious, mother has a subtle sense of humor, Shurabindu tells us and we can see it Serious people. She always tells us, don't become too serious. And she says, especially people who are too virtuous and think perfection means being very virtuous. Not only that, people go one step. It's looking virtuous. You may be virtuous, but you must look virtuous. Your dress and everything must make others feel that you are virtuous and holy. So she says, who think themselves serious, do not accord any value to these phenomena and call them hallucinations. Oh, this is nothing. What is for them spiritual life is, I have read and analyzed this book. You know, there is a famous story of Shankaracharya. This story is with Life Divine also, incidentally. But Shankaracharya who, I'll tell both the stories. So Shankaracharya suddenly saw a village man looking at the Gita and tears rolling down and he asked, what has happened? He said, oh, this, what are they talking? It's so nice. It is touching my heart, but I can't understand a word. He was seeing a picture of Sri Krishna with Arjuna, which is there in most of the Gita. And he, tears were streaming down, but he can't understand what they are speaking. So, Sangracharya does pranam. I heard a similar story with regard to Anand Bhaiya's father, Madhusudanji. That one villager came to him and said, I want to understand this book. He was having life divine. He said, okay, I have classes, you come tomorrow or whatever time it was. So, details maybe here and there. But then he asked him, but why you want to understand this book? Because looking at him, it didn't look that he can really read, understand uh, English that way. Why English, even Hindi? So, he said, I don't know. I was uh, passing by in a, there was a fair and he was passing by and he saw uh, there was a bookstore from where this blue light was coming. Uh, from a particular book and he was mesmerized what is this blue light and he went there and looked at a book and said what is this so they told him this and he kept seeing the blue light so he picked up the book said somebody should be able to tell me what is this light I am seeing and it seemed when he said this Madhusudan Radhiji said I must do pranam to you same experience I had with Savitri 
my house, uh, I was the tenant and the owners who were Sardarjis. Not at all into English. Pakka, Sardar, one day comes. What are you reading every night? So we thought that he must be getting disturbed because the wall is very thin. So we were reading Savitri night at 10 o'clock because it used to come from center. 2 o'clock my Air Force thing will be over. Then 2.30 we'll both go work in the center till 9 o'clock. By 9.30 we'll come back. And those days were all this uh, curfew. So I would um, flaunt my Air Force identity card. I am flight left and so and so. Sir, please don't do it every day. So I started even wearing uniform that, you know, later on he knew us. He said, you come out of the scooter and little bit so that <laughs> so this is how it used to be so 10 o'clock we will read um, so this man comes next day uh, one day and says what are you reading so we thought he is getting disturbed so I said I am sorry actually we have no other time this our uh, like a sacred book it is no no that's okay we said Sri Aurobindo Savitri he went inside I said lying there he kept looking here there then he came back he said uh, he didn't understand a word he probably opened I so, I said, is it disturbing you? He said, no, since the time you are reading, I don't know what happens. But I feel very nice. My chronic, this problem went away, back pain. My son's chronic asthma went away. We have no clue. <laughs> Probably my own back pain wouldn't have. Anyways, I didn't have that. But for him, it was very strange. He just felt the vibrations coming from somewhere through the wall. So, you see, there are things which are happening, perceptions... Somebody would say it is chance, somebody it's a superstition, ki savitri padne se, you get uh, this. But there are so many such experiences which people have. But who are the serious people? Ah, all this is nothing. You must read and give a very detailed analysis of the life divine now. Nothing wrong with that. But serious people, she is saying in that sense, they don't value these things, which are really that which opens the door. Huh? Look at it. See how this is the coincidence we are saying Madhusudan Bhai's birthday automatically it has come. So yes, these are somebody would say coincidence. But these are not coincidences. So she says that uh, for I repeat okay, she says and yet in those who are interested in occult phenomena, this type of perception often precedes the emergence of the capacity of vision which may be in course of formation. So, it is a capacity. Some, some have it, some don't have it. In my case, I was not interested in occult and I am not into visions, frankly speaking. But I am not against or for it. But had they just came. So, but this is how it just it's like a door which is opening because something in you is being prepared to receive so she says for but you must guard against mistaking this for true vision so there is hallucination where it's represented in the senses in the way the mind is uh, already primed you are not seeing the, the real thing as it is but we are seeing its reflection Whereas vision is when we are seeing the thing as it is in that domain. Whereas it's like I go to the vital world and see the vital force or being. But hallucination is when I am in the physical world and the vital energy or force is impinging the physical and it is creating an image. So that's how we have that difference. And 
uh, it's very interesting that mind is the sixth sense. It may be picking even without the senses. Like in sleep, how do we see dreams? So there are forces which can enter, come directly. Like there is a constant release of energies and interchange that they can impact the brain like thoughts that come. And they stimulate currents in the brain. Brain is the instrument. And brain generates images under the impact of other realities. So this argument that when you touch the brain, it creates an image. Of course, because it's the instrument. It's the same instrument. Through Instrument is the same. So she says that there are a comp- so frequently, but you must guard against mistaking them. Uh, for most often, in a, uh, these phenomena occur most often in a state of almost complete ignorance and are too frequently accompanied by much error and wrong interpretation. So she repeats that, you know, these may be misinterpreted. I have seen my own instance so many times, then slowly you learn, you discover, you understand. Not to mention the cases of unscrupulous people who introduce into the account they give of their experience many details and particulars not actually there so mind also adds so if you see some past life let us say for instance so you add I was this and with all the details but you have seen a snatch and you have added that's why this regression therapy is uh, well people um, do what they want to do <laughs> It's but it is a very dubious thing I mean dubious thing in the sense it's like same, again, when you go into a hypnotic state, many things which are hidden inside, subliminal being, submerged wishes, desires, all these can take a form. And that's why the mother says that, you know, it's a whole range of phenomena and uh, we shouldn't uh, turn it into a superstition. We should be careful because we don't know how to interpret it. So there also, this this like a science which has to be understood. Who introduce into the account they give of their experiences many details and particulars not actually there, just justifying, thus justifying the discredit with which these phenomena are received by rational and thoughtful people. So that's why rational people discredit. Because you describe it in such detail and there is nothing which corresponds. Uh, say people say I have seen God and nothing changes in their nature. So this also creates, uh, you know, because what we have seen and that um, how the mind builds up around it. So it may see a passing glimpse of something and say, oh, I had darshan of Krishna. We don't know. There are many. We may see vital world beings can throw up images. So it's a whole world and a whole science. We'll not go into the details right now. So we shall reserve the word vision for experiences that occur in awareness and sincerity. So meaning thereby, if I go to uh, Manasarovar and I see that is vision. If I am here, I have heard from people all about Manasarovar. And suddenly, in the physical senses, something of that reality, the truth of Manasarovar, reflects and there is an image which is created. Now I have come in contact with that reality, no doubt. But I may not only come in contact with that reality, my mind may even place a Shiva over it. So you see how the mind can do things. Not that this is a learning process. It's, that's how one you know discovers. Not that we have to, but rational people begin to start. So they will ask, what did you see in Mansarovar? So you describe, they say, but this is not how it is. So they start discrediting it. But it's not discredited. That's how the mind has built it up 
your own vision like subtle ashram when one experiences the subtle ashram it's not exactly the way the physical ashram is you may even see your own work but in a very different symbolic way so but somebody else would say but there is no such place so they will discredit this vision completely so she says finally we shall reserve so we shall reserve the word vision for experiences that occur in awareness and sincerity if there is not the sincerity add distort touch something nevertheless in both cases in hallucination as well as in vision what is seen does correspond to something quite real although it is sometimes much deformed in the transcription something has been experienced seen heard we may not understand it we may transcribe it wrongly or slightly deform it like somebody who hears and types so in the typing there may be an error he has heard the right person but his mind has in the process of passing through the nerves and the brain and back to the fingers has deformed it slightly so it's a wonderful world of realities and science that shurbindo opens to us the only term we can use for it is super science thank you namaste